Hello everybody and welcome to Broom Vegan Season 2! Yes, that's Stefano and this is Broom and that's another season of this amazing adventure that is gonna be something, for sure. I'm not gonna set up anything on any goal for this year because it's still early. I'm not gonna bother you with a bunch of topics and... No, actually I'm gonna... for sure. I'm gonna bother you with a lot of bunch and topics and stuff out there, but I will not start the classic long thing. This year is gonna be like this, this year is gonna be like that. We are bicycle people, and even if you are not a bicycle person, you are somebody who would love to listen to stories, not to bicycle nerd things. Not yet. I have a lot of ideas in my mind for this year, and you have a lot of time to listen to me, because I'm gonna produce a lot of cool, cool, cool things. The first thing that I want to tell you is that this year I can just tell you, for now, one company that is sponsoring me. And I'm talking about 3T, that gave me this year an amazing 3T Explorer, a gravel bike that is gonna come with me for the old season, mostly old season, because this year is gonna be a lot of of gravel bikes. It's gonna be a lot of adventure, it's gonna be a lot of cool things. Not only that, but it's gonna be a really, really, really amazing thing. A couple of things, just really a couple of things. The first thing is that, as you know, I'm not anymore in Berlin, so I cannot complain anymore about riding in the flats, because I'm gonna ride a lot of time up to the hills and up to the mountains, and that's super cool, and you can check it on my Strava. And then I can tell you another thing, my contacts are all the same. And then Instagram.com slash CalamaroCC, that's my Instagram account, Twitter.com slash ReadCalamaro, Twitter. And then it's my email, hello at Calamaro.cc, drop me all these lines on the things that you want to listen for now, forever and ever. And then what else? Yeah, facebook.com slash calamarocc, broomvegan on the Apple Podcast app, and then spreaker.com slash listencalamaro, and go on Spotify and look for broomvegan, because since I think it was June, I'm also there, and you can bring with you as well my voice into your favorite application for music. Yes, it's really cool. The first, I believe, two, three, four, I don't know, probably three episodes for this year are gonna be a monographic session, series, because we are gonna talk about the Silk Road Mountain Race. Silk Road Mountain Race, now I learn how to speak and how to say it, is a race that, first of all, I've listened about from uh, Max from Podia. I got in love with that, I studied a lot, and now it's gonna happen, because it's gonna happen the 18th of August the day after tomorrow here for me, and uh, it's exciting, it's 1,700 kilometers for 28,000 of uphills, a lot of mountains, all gravel, and that's the topic of this year, gravel rides, and for sure a lot of adventure, all the stuff, a lot of friends as well are participating to that, that's why I divided these three episode, monographic episode, into three different pieces. The first piece is today, and I will talk with Nelson Trees, the organizer of this amazing adventure, then you're gonna listen to that straight away. And then the second one, when we are gonna talk with some of my friends that are participating to it, for now I can tell you just three, because the four, let's start from the beginning. So you're gonna listen to the voice in episode number two, 
you don't know that you're gonna know that it's gonna go live the day after tomorrow um something like on friday today must be thursday and so on friday we are gonna go live with that and you are gonna know and then i will try to organize as well a final episode on all the things all the let's say souvenirs that people are bringing with them at the end of this great adventure but nothing broom wagon season two episode one silk road mountain race episode number one with nelson trees the organizer of this amazing race go ahead first episode of this new season first draft idea obviously that's something that just arrived into my mind something like some days ago so let's shape it with me together and together as usual with me i have a huge character a super interesting character that is really the he came with this idea that in my opinion is amazing first of all i will present the person and then together we're going to present the project i'm talking with nelson trees hi nelson how you doing hey how's it going well super good super excited for this new season and super excited of talking with you today because you really created this amazing thing that is you can say that you can present it <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm the race director of the Silk Road Mountain Race, which is a 1,721km unsupported bikepacking race in Kyrgyzstan. Wow, uh, we have to go through all these kind of things, but I believe that the first thing that I want to ask you... Yeah, there's a few big characteristics. Uh, it's gonna be an amazing thing, really an amazing thing. And uh, first of all, I wanted to ask you how... So, f which one is your background? And then I'm going to ask you also, how did you arrive to the conclusion that you want, you want to create this crazy, insane, great adventure that you just named? So I guess it started when I really got into cycling. I was living in Shanghai. And so I think I started a little bit like you. I was into fixed gear riding. Shanghai is a great place to ride like that. Super flat. There's a big uh, urban bike community. And then I got into a master's program and I knew I had six months before it started. So with a friend of mine, we decided to ride home from Shanghai back to, well, back to Europe, me back to Paris. Mm -hmm. And so we did that for six months and that's where I got a little bit more into this long distance stuff. I mean, there it was just touring, well, pretty, you know, pretty classic stuff, but uh, well, big trip, but you know. Um, and then after I got home, I discovered the transcontinental race. And so now I've done this for three years. Well, the last three years I did it. This year I missed it because I'm organizing the, the Silk Road Mountain Race. But um, yeah, so I did that for three years. Okay. And that's where I got really hooked on this uh, ultra distance, unsupported uh, racing. And then how did it happen actually that you decided to do the Silk Road Mountain Race that as the name itself says, is on the Silk Road. And so we are talking about Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, so I... It was basically that I was, after doing the Transcontinental a couple of times, I was really feeling that I wanted to organize my own event. And uh, I'd been through the country back in 2013 when I cycled from Shanghai back to Paris. And uh, I knew I wanted to come back. And then so I thought I had this crazy idea that maybe we could, we could do a, another event, something like the Transcontinental, but in Kyrgyzstan. And then so last summer I came back. Uh, I came back, well, I came back to Kyrgyzstan for six weeks to scout the routes and see if it was actually possible. Okay. And turns out that, well, yeah, we could do it normally. We'll see. Okay. But have you been already uh, for sure? Because you need to do something at the recon and everything in... Uh... Yeah, so I was there for six weeks and I rode the, the entire route and well, quite a lot more than the entire route because there was a lot of places where there was a lot of dead ends and areas where 
honestly, you, we couldn't we couldn't make the race go. You know, there were some really there were some really crazy places to ride bikes in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, and exactly that's something that I want to know from you. Which one are the things that you the spots or villages or landscape stuff that you for sure we are talking about? We can talk a lot about the um, the points that we the checkpoints where people have to stop and the participants have to stop. But which one are really the things the spots that you would say? Okay, here people really would stop and they will open their mouth and start staring at it because it's incredible how cool it is or the place that you can say okay people will pass by here and they will say okay that's insane so which one are the main spots that you can consider or you can uh pinpoint of the race that they're gonna do of the track that they're gonna follow? um it's hard to say with kyrgyzstan i mean they literally the entire country is breathtaking like it's really hard to find places that are not stunning not a place where you're like shit i need to take a photo now and then you ride 500 meters further and you're like oh i should take another photo now um but there are there are some really really awesome places um i think probably the whole area around checkpoint two so it's this lake called kolsu and it's right near the border zone with uh, china and so you actually need a special permit to go there and so there's not many people down there and it really feels like you're you're heading to the end of the world and there's uh, so you come to this lake which actually is empty right now unfortunately so riders won't see it but um there's the so the way in to the checkpoint you take the normal jeep track which is kind of this you know this really beaten up dirt road but then the route that i chose for people to leave is this old soviet track and so it's this road that hasn't been used for like 20 years and there's barely anything left there and you leave the checkpoint by this like 20 percent climb with the remains of barbed wire fences from back in the day when this was really like a protected area. And you follow this route like up and down through these valleys and it's like, it's, it's really incredible. I think that's, for me, that would probably be one of the highlights. And then there are, there are a couple passes. I think the last pass of the race is, is gonna be memorable, probably because it's, it's gonna be really tough. I mean, there's, there's about 20 kilometers that when we were scouting, it took us six or seven hours, I think. Okay. Okay, but then, okay, we're talking about the highlights, the main spots or whatever, but I didn't ask you the main question here. Why Kyrgyzstan? Why would you decided that your race, the one that you were creating or organizing, must be there? Are you from there? No, from your no, accent, no, I don't I'm believe not, not so. from Kyrgyzstan, but... Um... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I really wanted to come back. Um, just when the first time we ca I came here, I was on the main road and just seeing the potential from, from either side, you know, it's... It's this wild place. It's like, well, they call it the Switzerland of Central Asia. And so it's it's a bit like Switzerland, but it's three or four times the size. And the big difference is that there's really nothing much in terms of like marks of, of human civilization. You go to these ridiculous mountainscapes and there's, there's no houses, no buildings. There's just a few yurts. It's this wild, wild place where you can have a huge adventure. And then after that, the, the local population is amazing. They've got this, they're, so they're, they're semi-nomadic. They move up to the high pastures during the summer and they're just super hospitable. They'll welcome you in, look after you. They're curious, super friendly. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going for this place. And it's also that it's unknown. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit known, but it's still totally off the beaten track and it's still somewhere you can, you can go and you won't see many tourists. Yeah, okay, can understand. And if we can talk on something that can be, let's say, uh, 
concerning from the participants, something that can, you know, can be too wild, let's say, or whatever. Is there something that people that are participants, they, they should keep an eye on or must be okay? I don't know, I'm talking about, I don't know, the weather, nature, uh, the roads themselves for car driver. I don't think that they're going to find so many car drivers. <laughs> there, there are a few sections <laughs> of cars, but most of it is, yeah, they will see, like, you know, maybe two or three cars a day maximum and sections where there are no cars wow. <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's generally speaking, it's quite a safe country, but these are big mountains, you know, there, there's seven passes that are over 3,500 meters. So when you're going this high, you can get serious weather. It's, I chose to put the race at the best time of year. It's in August. This is when it's the hottest, the driest, the least chance of bad weather, but you know, they will, they will get snowed on. <laughs> there will be rain. There will be snow. There's, there'll be winds. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough environment. Okay, okay. I remember that, okay, uh, just to give also to the people out there something like a bit more of background, I heard about this amazing adventure, first of all, from Max, from Podia, and he told me the first time, okay, if your main highlight of the year is going to be Maratona delle Dolomiti, of last season, let's say, and it up the tour, for me, it's going to be the Silk Road Mountain Race. I said, okay, then I start having a look to it, whatever, studying, and then some months after, I actually got to meet and I made an interview also there with John, John Woodruff, he's going to also participate to it, and he told me, yeah, you know, I'm going to participate to it, and you know what, I'm actually planning to bring with me something that will, uh, let's say, keep away wolves from my way. <laughs> are, they, are there outside such a wolves? Exactly. Are there animals like uh, this out there? Because I was having so, fun with it. Yeah, I mean, there, there are wolves in Kyrgyzstan. Supposedly, there's quite a few. When you meet okay. locals, they'll always ask you, well, whenever I was riding by myself, they'd always say, so what about the wolves? You know, like, you're, you're traveling by yourself. You're not, you're not scared of the wolves. Do you have a gun? Honestly. Exactly, the gun. Yeah, the story of the gun. <laughs> there are other guys saying that they're going to, you know, that you really would need a gun for this. But, um, Honestly, not in okay. summer. I mean, in winter there really are risks. The wolves are hungry. They're more desperate. But in summer, there's they're, they're not. They don't come close to humans. The the shepherds shoot the wolves, so they they're not. You know, they're not a huge fan of humans. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I remember once I was doing my ride. It was in uh, in Albania. So really inner part of Albania and everything. And I remember that I was listening. Okay, here, there, the most, the biggest problem are not wolves, but they are the wild dogs. And that's another way. But anyways, I remember that I've, I've heard a lot of times wolves outside, but never jump into my mind that I needed to bring a gun with me on this ride. But actually maybe talking about really wild places and wild environments like Kyrgyzstan can be. Actually, after listening to John, I thought, okay, maybe I didn't have to get fun, to have fun of him because probably you need it. But really, do you really need a gun over there? No, you don't need a gun. I mean, exactly. There are okay. more, now I'm feeling there are better. More wild you know? places in Kyrgyzstan. The route does go through some some pretty wild places, but it's there are there is there is more wild still. <laughs> the places we're going after the race that um, we're going to scout for maybe maybe the second edition. Then then it's a little bit more uh, more extreme. But. <laughs> We'll see if that ends up in the next edition or not, if it's if it's okay for people, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, okay, well, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about taking part of the second edition, come on. <laughs> now you're, you're hesitating, right? Put it, don't put it that wide, I don't want to be scared. We were talking a lot about participants. I've seen right now, actually, I noticed a couple of things. The first thing is that the participant this year, they're supposed to be 95. Yeah, so we're down to 93 currently. 
there's been a couple of dropouts, a few changes and a couple of Okay, yeah, because I was checking actually the participants list and I've seen that the cap number one, two and three are empty. Is because nobody's writing? Is because it's your cap, that one, one, two, three? Or you're just keeping this for next year? Uh, well, so the, there's two options. Either we do it, that we keep these caps for next year and then you earn these caps. If you come back, then you get to ride with one, two or three. Or we'll, we'll, we have printed these caps, so we'll see. Maybe the winners will get to, one of their prizes will be to have the one, two and three caps. You have to earn those three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I was thinking that, yeah, probably that's actually the cap that the organizer are going to keep for them because they want to ride it as well. But you're going to just supporting the race, right? You're going to be in a car. Yeah, I'm afraid so. I can't take part. I have to be uh, on the outside. Yeah, makes sense. Support for the riders and also organizing yeah, the last yeah. things. We'll have um, three control cars in the field. So then we'll be some, we'll have some media, mm -hmm. there'll be a podcast during the race, photographers, there's a pedaler they're going to be producing a video and Brooks will be producing a video as well cool. for after the race. Okay, okay. And still talking about the participants, how actually you got known outside these events actually uh, got some traction out of it? You just started contacting people that you thought, okay, these people were riding with me, the, I don't know, the transcontinental race, or they were doing with me a lot of weird and wild and super cool stuff, so it's better for me to call them, or just people contacted you. How, how does it, did it work? Um, so this is one of the things I was quite surprised about, to be honest. One of the things, when we put our heads down and we were thinking about this event, one of the things we were worried about was actually having enough participants for the first event. We thought, you know, we'd, we'd be happy with 25, 50 people, and we ended up having almost 200 people who applied to race. And we actually had to limit the number of, of entries to keep it a little bit sort of controlled for the first year. Um, it was mainly... I think I have quite a good network because of the Transcontinental, taking part three times. I have a lot of people who do this kind of stuff that I know. And then I was just promoting it through social media. I had, I had some pictures of Kyrgyzstan. And I think it was mainly the pictures of Kyrgyzstan and then the teaser video that, that sold it. It was Kyrgyzstan itself. I didn't have to do that much, really. That's great. That's great. Ah, come on. It's also your talent that you've chosen this country. So <laughs> Yeah, I had to choose it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, then what I wanted to ask you more is still about this, I don't know, as usual. I had an idea in mind. I didn't, uh, didn't take note of it. I didn't take note of it and now I don't remember. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just that I, uh, I believe that over there is going to be a great traction of participants. Ah, yeah, here you go. It came back just saying some weird stuff. Um, so you had to make a selection of people that applied to participate. And which one were the criteria that you have chosen over there? Okay, so there was, there was a bit of a mix. Basically, we wanted to make sure that the people had enough experience, but we also didn't want to make it into this elitist thing where you had to have done the Tour Divide or the Transcontinental or have done something similar or almost as crazy to take part. So... We asked people what their experience was, what their motivations were, and we did a, a selection to see if you had enough experience, basically. Okay. So this was this was down to us, and then we did a selection on um, on different groups. So there was a number of people that were put into the race immediately because they were very strong riders, they had done well in other events, or they had lots of experience. Then we also prioritized uh, female cyclists because they're really wildly underrepresented, especially in ultra endurance cycling. Mm -hmm. We actually have close to 20 women oh, and cool. I think about 15 solo riders. Yeah. Um, and then there was other, you know, we, we put some more people in from, from different countries that weren't represented as well. And then about half was ended up in a lucky draw, basically. Okay. So as long as you had the experience, whoever you were, you still had a chance of getting in. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, sounds perfect. And yeah, I'm super happy as well that women's cycling was really involved and try to prefer this one for the participants because this is another thing that I try actually to push as much as I can because doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense that cycling is seen only like I don't know a sport for men or stuff like this, especially the endurance cyclists, cyclists as well. And women are really strong in this kind of cycling. Exactly. We have some we have some serious competitors up in the, the top ten. I'm absolutely certain there's going to be some women. And yeah, talking about the participants, this is going to be the last question for me about the participants. Yeah. Um, is there somebody that we have to check really closely because he's going to finish probably the race in five seven days or? Who are the strongest one, in your opinion, out there? Or, even better, who are the ones that we really need to check super closely because they are going to produce amazing content in social media stuff? <laughs> um, so, I think it'll be one in about seven days. I think we have quite we have a few contestants. Okay. Some, some strong riders. Um, probably the first, just because of his experience, JP Tavari. He's, mm. He was a previous record holder on the Tour Divide. Okay. Otherwise, we have Lee Craigie. So she's, she's really strong. She actually finished ahead of me by two spots in the uh, Highland Trail 550 not long ago, which is like a, it's a 550-mile mountain bike race in Scotland. So she's really strong as well. Um, other than that, I mean, there's, there's a guy out of New Zealand, Flynn Lua. So I don't think he's done any races like this, but if I'm to believe his application, I think he's going to come real fitness and he's going to be very strong. And then, I mean, I'd have to look, but there's, I'd say there's about 10 riders that, that could do something interesting. And finish maybe you know somewhere between seven eight days okay okay cool well i would say that we are over there we said almost everything all my curiosity i really covered do you want to add something or even better i think that the last thing that i need to ask you before to tell you go really free and say whatever you want the last thing before that i would just wanted to ask you how can we follow you guys out there during the race I would really love to check everything. I like actually also the coverage that you can see on the Transcontinental Race. Everything is covered completely really, really good by everybody, but especially for the organization from Twitter and Instagram account. Do you have something that we can follow from your race? Yeah, so the big difference with the other races is that the actual participants will have difficulty posting because about 95% of the route, there's no internet on their phone. <laughs> so it's going to be a real disconnect from social media people. That's really something bad for me because I wanted to have also some live coverage over there, but I know that I can completely trust your content out there. People don't need mine, people need yours. <laughs> We're going to be you know, communicating between control cars with satellite phones, so we'll see how, how good we are at getting content out, but we have, we have plans in place. Wow. So there's going to be a few ways to follow. Uh, the main resource is the official race map, so you can find that on silkroadmountainrace.cc. It will be embedded on a tracking page. You okay. can also go on Map Progress, which is our our partner for the race for the map mm -hmm. um, otherwise on instagram and facebook silk road mountain race and uh, we'll be posting a podcast every two days as well during the race with a mixture of interviews and some background on kyrgyzstan the race the event and some live uh, live content from the race so we'll be catching up with people in the field and that's also available on our website Amazing. I will put anyways all the contacts down below with all the important links. So something like um, the website, the section with the podcast and then your social media and everything. Really, really looking forward. Even if this year at least I'm not going to be there for sure. I'm going to follow it as I would have been there. I really can see how wait. everyone gets along and then you can decide if you're ready for it or not next year. Uh, that's the point. I don't know. I'm not kind of endurance ultra racer stuff. I really like at the end of the day to go and sleep in a 
normal bed, let's say. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you need to step out of your comfort zone. And I have already done it with my... This will definitely be a little step out, I think. A, a, a little bit, I believe, a little yeah. bit. Uh, especially, I hope that for everybody, because I remember that my huge problem when I was doing my first, um, yeah, my first travel with the bicycle, unsupported as well, even if we were a lot, uh, it was the problem to catch in some water. I hope that they will never have this problem out there. Ah, no, so there's, there's lots and lots of rivers in Kyrgyzstan. They'll have to have a filter or some uh, purification tablets, but they'll have no problem finding, finding water. Exactly. Is the but there won't be a warm bed every night, that's for sure. There's going to be a lot of uh, sleeping in ditches with a bivy bag or in a tent or in a yacht. But yachts are actually really comfortable, so ah. they'll be happy when they're, they're in a yacht. Okay, <laughs> really, really can't wait actually to have a look and also two of, the, two of the checkpoints are actually in yacht camps, so I think I think that might be a first for a, a bikepacking race. Okay, 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 yeah, that's super great. So for sure, it's it's not like the transcontinental race that you can finish it without sleeping in a sleeping bed, but you can sleep all the time in different places in a proper bed. No, you'll sure. definitely need a sleeping bag, and you will you will sleep under the stars, probably at least half the race, <laughs> minimum. Wow. <laughs> after that what are you gonna do are you gonna start traveling again or to have a rest or you are going to do some other vacation um so then just after the race is the nomad games which is this event that happens every two years and it's basically the olympics of nomads and it's mm -hmm. held in kyrgyzstan i think this is the second or third edition mm -hmm. and so it's it's a bunch of sports based around horses so they have horseback wrestling they have buzkashi uh, no kopkuru is, is the kyrgyz version which is um it's a headless goat polo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically it's a bunch of guys fighting over the carcass of a goat on horseback. And they have to like, it's a bit like football, but with a goat, you know, it's very similar. Okay, I, I think I've seen that. <laughs> really. Yeah, so we're going to go check, out, check that out for a couple of days. And then with a couple of other guys who are helping to organize the race, we're going to take one of the vans and we're going to go down to the border zone with China. And we're going to go explore some places for next year. So this okay. is the idea is to keep the route uh, fresh and updated every year and take people to new places in Kyrgyzstan. So okay. we're going to go try and find some uh, some cool places to take people. Cool. Uh, it was really something. It's really an eye an eye hope an eye opener this kind of conversation because I've now I'm googling the word nomad games and. Wow. <laughs> I really can understand Saka, I really can understand the spirit of being in Kyrgyzstan and not in any other place in the world to make this thing. Wow. Yeah, it's a cool place. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Nelson. It was really a pleasure. I not, don't want to promise anything to all the people there outside, but if we can, we are going to talk again at the end of the race. Um, yeah, and, so, and, but I'll see yeah. if I can, I can swing it. We'll if see, you I'll can do it... Exactly. If you can do I'll it, it's fine. And otherwise, I'm gonna just collect all the information that you sent around and all the, uh, let's say, all the different news or whatever that I catch up outside and I collected outside, and I'm gonna talk about it. But if you can be there, you're gonna be amazing. But no pressure, man. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> cool, man. I, thanks a lot. Really, really good, good, good luck for the start of the of this yeah, transcontinental race sorry man i'm pretty i am already completely i don't know i'm thinking about something else i'm watching the uh, here the pictures of the world norman games uh really good luck for the silk road mountain race and but i probably we missed the biggest information here when it is gonna start it starts on the 18th of august at uh, 8 or 9 a.m we still have to confirm the local government is going to be helping us out with a police escort out of town. And then riders have until the 1st of September 
on Saturday until okay. midnight to finish Okay, I think I need to make also this other question. Sorry for everybody if I'm not never wrapping up this interview and the same with you. I have read that the last day, the 1st of September, there's going to be a party. Yeah, so there'll be a party. Okay. It's, it's uh, like all of the parties in these kinds of races. It probably won't be that wild because you'll have a bunch of people who are drunk after one beer and falling asleep after about 20 minutes. But uh, okay. there will be a party and there'll be people sharing uh, sharing a few stories from the road from the the tracks i guess and uh yeah there'll be a big meal some food some beer and uh, we'll all get together in chonkimin the the village where the race finishes okay cool i really really looking forward to see which one is going to be the menu of the the huge meal that you're going to serve over there it'll probably be a huge kazan of a uh, plov wow <laughs> obviously you know what it is right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bunch of rice with some carrots and some lamb yeah, okay. Yeah, lamb is kind of be something like the main dish over there, I believe. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of sheep. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nelson, and good luck. I will hopefully talk to you in uh, some days. And anywhere, anything else is just thanks a lot to be here and thanks a lot to organizing something that's amazingly. It looks already super amazing. It is the Silk Road Mountain Race. Bye bye. Bye bye. I am astonished. I am astonished on how cool is this guy. Super humble, super cool, super fresh, really nice, and he's building one of the best and most important things, race rides, that I've ever listened about in my life. Anyways, also there, everything, so tracking links, um, episode of podcast, links of the Silk Road Monterey's podcast, also a blog, my friend Salt Lake Leanne is following the race with a blog. I'm gonna put also the link down below. And uh, yeah, everything is there. Everything is cool. Follow this race and listen to the second episode of this monographic series tomorrow with the real voice of the real participants that are getting ready to start this amazing thing on Saturday. For now, I have to say thank you. I cannot speak because I'm too excited. I have to say thank you to 3T. That is putting a bit of partnership here in this podcast for this year and I have to say my contacts instagram.com slash calamaro cc twitter.com slash read calamaro then follow everything on the podcast app that are around just listen to nah, search for broom wagon over there on Spreaker, apple podcast and spotify don't forget spotify and hello at calamaro.cc that's always my email. I will give you a huge hug and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.